Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Now my next guest is a musician who I'm told has aligned her business, music and personal goals to truly get the most out of life. She's currently recording her third album and this Friday will perform at the Jerome Hines Theatre with the Kevin Lawler Trio. Imelda Keogh joins me in studio. Is it Keogh or Keogh? Because I have to be very careful here. Oh well, I mean, it's Keogh. Keogh. Keogh, Keogh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. This is a golden opportunity for you and a beautiful acoustic setting as well. Give me the background to what you're planning to do. I can't wait. Um, well, it, it all started in uh, 2011 when I I decided that um, I wanted to pursue my dream to be a singer. Mm-hmm. And I was watching uh, Jules Holland. And uh, so I began by um, just doing small steps, focusing on small goals yeah. to try and achieve what I wanted to do. And so it's taken all that time since then. So I joined a choir, joined the, the light opera, Uh, did various things, kept pushing myself beyond my comfort zone and eventually then started songwriting in in 2017. Right. And uh, I I released my first album then and uh, from there just again focused on the next small goal. Uh, I never stopped writing so I carried on recording and writing. Um, Released my second album last year and in 2020, we were planning to um, do a gig at the at the Opera House in the Jerome Hines, but then, of course, COVID happened. But now you have the golden key to the Jerome Hines yeah. Theatre, and you're looking forward to it's, it. I can't wait. It's I mean, it's it's such an amazing venue and a great team of people as well. And uh, to do the gig with with Kevin and. Uh, and his team as well. It's just the sound is just amazing. They're yeah. fantastic music. I'm looking for influences. Uh, I was driving down from Dublin last night and I was mm. listening to a documentary on Nat King Cole actually. Yeah. And uh, I, I discovered when I read my notes here this morning that your dad's record collection has had an influence on you, and, and Nat King Cole features in there, and Simon and Garfunkel, yeah, and Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly, yeah, and the Beach Boys, and the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. So your dad's record collection did it help? It, it, Would you be sort of pottering around as a child and he'd oh, be playing yeah. his albums or what it, happened? Definitely. I mean, I suppose looking back, I had an, um, an unusual upbringing because my parents would renovate old properties and uh, during that time we would live in kind of caravans and half-built houses and uh, family gatherings were always a big part of, of life. I'm from a very big family anyway, half Irish, half English. And uh, music was playing all the time. Every night they would listen to music. So, so we were... We were surrounded by great melody, and um, it sounds a, like a bohemian life you had. Very, very was very it really? Much, yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't really realise until um, I suppose until adulthood that it was quite unusual. But um, we moved a lot. We, I mean, I'd moved ten ten times by the time I I started college. Yeah, and uh, yours is a, r- a really interesting life because, uh, like, your parents were described to me as a dreaming pair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They are very much so, and I. Are think they still with us? They yeah, they're, they're still building. They're building my sister's house now. They just uh, they just sold up, um, and and I think this is an interim project before probably their final big build project, which is to be determined. But they're in their late seventies, yeah, and they're still in really good health, and um, slowly, slowly, you know, taking their time. But um, I think their work ethic and their step by step approach you know not not focusing on 
just work hard, do your best every single day, you know, just work at what you're doing. I think that, that definitely influenced me as well. Let's, I know you have your own business now, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but at one stage, you followed a nursing profession, did you? I did, yeah. Uh, where, uh, yeah, so your own career path then was what? Yeah, I, I trained as a nurse uh, in Leeds, um, at St. James Hospital in Leeds, which at the time was the biggest teaching hospital in, in Europe, and um, qualified then when I was 21. And uh, my first job was in A&E, and my second job was, was ICU. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I went and uh, became a community nurse. Um, but a, a young family, I mean, I was, I was married at 23, yeah. I had two children then, quite young, yeah. so um, and c carried on nursing. Um, when we moved to Ireland, I, I, I nursed here as well for a while, but then we had two more children, so uh, that became a little bit difficult doing shift work. So over time, I became more involved in the business that we run now. Okay, tell me a little bit about the business then, and how you managed to align it with your musical career. Well, the business is an engineering business, it's called Tech Pack Automation. <laughs> and um, I married an electronics engineer, so that's how I, I how I ended up in in this business. But I suppose from a nursing background, there are a lot of uh, transferable skills because you learn about people and you learn how to how to work with different kind of people and how to have empathy, and, and that's really important in business. Yeah. So how I aligned my personal and business and singing goals really came from uh, well. It really came from um, trying to overcome the experience that I had with stage fright, which led to... Yeah, you, you preempted my next question <laughs> because you have had the dreaded stage fright. Oh. Um, and I mean, being a nurse as well, it's, it's a position that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge, it's a, a vocation. It's not just a career, isn't it? It's a vocation. Yeah. So I wouldn't have thought, and knowing you and having met you and introduced you on stage a couple of times I think that one of the occasions was down in Our Lady's Island wasn't it? Is that oh right? yeah that's right yeah. yeah which is coming back by the way Ger Carty told me that's coming oh, back fantastic. that fantastic yeah the Leo Carty weekend is coming back so well although we, all those experiences have yeah. been so important for me along my journey because it's, every time you push yourself out of your comfort zone you get experience and you make mistakes of course you, the next time you get a little, be little well, bit describe better describe stage fright me then uh, for, uh, have you overcome it completely now? completely yeah so I, I, I um, after I was with the Wexford Festival Singers, the Light Opera were doing Sister Act. So <laughs> I love nuns anyway, and I love all that kind of thing. So I, and it sounded great fun. So I, I tried to, I, I said I'll try and get in on the chorus, which I did. And the opening night, we, we were on on the front of the stage, and it was the first time I'd been on the stage in in the Opera House. Yeah. And I remember just looking up at the audience yeah. in front of me, and this sea of people, and I just felt like. The, I felt like I was gonna, going to kind of collapse or yeah. fall over or something. I just got this overwhelming fear. Um, so I grabbed onto Michelle beside me, my friend, and she basically propped me up all, all every night for the six nights, and I was terrified. So the following year, they were they were doing chess. So I said, okay, I'll go back and 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 do do it, put myself through it again. And uh, one of the scenes in in chess, um, it was a real somber scene at the end. And again, I was at the front. And on the Monday night came and I just, oh my God, I thought I was going to just collapse. I, I was completely overwhelmed by stage fright. And then Tuesday night it happened again and I thought, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I can't get through the rest of the week. Yeah. But, um, and I didn't want to let the team down by saying, 
oh, I can't, can you just leave me out of this scene? It's freaking me out. So I decided to do something about it and I, I contacted um, uh, David Hunt, who's um, a guy who lives locally and he does all kinds of it, uh, therapies. Uh, mm. um, so I rang him and asked him if he could help maybe with some kind of hypnosis or something like that to help me kind of deal with it. Yeah. So he said, yeah, come on down. This was the Wednesday. And uh, so I, I went down and uh, he said, okay, when is this show that you're doing then? And I said, oh, well, it's tonight and it's, it's every night until Saturday. Mm. And he said, oh, I, I don't know if I can help you, Imelda, you know, not everybody can be hypnotized, but I said, I'll try anything, just give it a go. So hypnotized. <laughs> so I, I was hypnotized, yeah. And it, it hasn't worn off. <laughs> and and I remember all, all the time, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend necessarily to your listeners go for hypnosis because it, it depends on the person, but I remember during it he was saying that you are, you are not perfect, but you are perfectly you. Mm-hmm. And you are not perfect, but you are perfectly you. And then afterwards, it seemed to unlock something in my subconscious, which was r- holding me back. Yeah. And I started to focus on the other thing that I th- believed that I couldn't do, which, which was uh, to run a marathon. Um, so I remember seeing the London Marathon when I, I was in my early 20s on the TV and just thinking, I could never do that. That's for kind of superhuman people. Y- you, you can never do that, I was mm-hmm. telling myself. So that must have been something that just came alive at that moment. So I started. You started to achieve goals. Started and to achieve have goals. Have you done that? You did the London Marathon, obviously. I've d- I didn't do the London Marathon. I, 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 the last marathon I did was the Dublin Marathon. Yeah. And then I discovered trail running. So that that was. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's some journey. It's some story, and, and yeah. it shows that you can overcome your fears. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, I think. For me, what I what I try and do is just focus on short-term goals and do important things, important steps towards achieving those, and just do it again and again and again. Yeah. And you have to just keep going. You you have to endure to succeed in everything that you do, whether it's. Music do you, will you be sharing some of this journey? Do you interact with within the various songs? Then, as, a, yeah. as you as you do a number, I'm sure if you mm. say you do a Nat King Cole song or what, what type of music are you going to do? Is it all original material? It's uh, mainly original. There will be some covers in the set though that people will will definitely definitely recognise. But it is mainly original music. Yeah, I share some of the stories as well with the, with the audience. I always have fun with the audience. I'm looking forward to I it. I think the storytelling hand-in-hand with the music is going to make it a, a, a must-see show. So just remind us when it's on again and also the fact that you're working on a third album, aren't you? Yes, I am, yeah. I'm about halfway through my third album, so um, that will probably take the rest of the year to complete. The show is on Friday, Friday night, 8 o'clock, at the Jerome Hines Theatre National Opera House, and right. tickets available from there online. Yeah, well, we so wish you the very song. best. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a, an enjoyable evening's entertainment. I think isn't so. It? We should have a lot of fun. We'll we'll have a lot of fun with the audience. Um, it's a beautiful theatre. The music music will be fantastic, and uh, yeah, I hope we get a full house. Jules Holland, New Year's Eve, two thousand and eleven. You mentioned him at the very start of this chat, so we round yeah. off by talking about him now. Huge fan of him myself, and mm. the Hoot Nanny we're talking about. Yeah. That particular year, two thousand and eleven, was a life changing year for you, was it? Yeah, definitely. It was the winter of two thousand and eleven when it was really, really cold. You remember, it was like minus ten, and it snowed, and and there was ice on the roads for weeks on end. It was that. It was that year. Yes, it was life changing. And here you are sitting in the studio, stage fright overcome. Yeah. Big gig coming up in the Jerome Hines Theatre. Yeah. The world is your oyster, isn't it? Oh, thanks so much. Southeast Radio's morning mix. 
Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.